Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash codemonkey. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hi, this is Brian. I'm here with a special bonus episode of Code Monkey Talks. We recorded this a few weeks ago with Lodewijk Bogarts of Stack State. It's going to be a little bit different from our normal episode. This is going to be exclusively an interview. Uh, we won't have the usual segments, but Lodewijk gave a really interesting interview about the technology underlying Stack State and really explained well how it sets them apart from other operational solutions. Enjoy. Ludwig, the thing that we like to do here is um, the the first question I like to ask of all my guests is uh, how do you define DevOps? Uh, it's it's something that I think our, our listeners here are are kind of interested in in hearing uh, because it's different for every person and and you know because it's it's such a buzzword. So how do you personally define DevOps? Yeah, I think it's a great question because you you ask it personally, so I'll give a personal answer because. Otherwise, you'll get like all the you know all the default answers that you've already had. So my <laughs> my like uh, you know non-personal or objective definition would not be that interesting. But uh, DevOps has a very special meaning to me because uh, I was at a point in a in my career at some uh, at, the, at the previous job where I was working as a software architect and uh, you know I was you know kicking ass you know working on you know really building uh, better uh, websites we were building websites for uh, uh, large Dutch companies there and, and and doing not only the the development side but also the operation sides and at, at that point uh, you know as a software architect they allowed me uh, access to the development and testing environment but not to uh, staging and not to production and and that's where it usually would go wrong so i felt like yeah we can do good work from a development point of view but uh if if then in the end the result is still bad uh you know that's not really nice so uh, at that point i used devops as a tool basically because within that company it was something like uh, the, the not invented here syndrome, but the opposite of that. Like if you would have invented it there, they would not have accepted it. So it was invented elsewhere only. Oh, and I so be- because <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, it is. It's, it, that's kind of an anti-pattern that's not being talked about. But right, um, because DevOps was a thing, I could say, well, let's do DevOps, and uh, I'll be a DevOps architect, and I'll be the first one at your company. And uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, that, that was how it went. And uh, from there, I was uh, uh, appointed DevOps architect, even though uh, now I've never, uh, I, I don't hear that, that, that term anymore. But uh, yeah, that, that, that gave me a great ability to um, basically be in more control and uh, finally get automation to, to really do its work. And we, and we, uh, yeah, we, we even won some prizes there. So with, with the websites that we did, so it was a really great time. It was really wow. helpful. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love your, your perspective on it um, and, and your personal experience on it. So that's, that's awesome. So you're CTO of StackState. Uh, tell us kind of about, um, you know, what StackState's doing, uh, its mission and, and uh, you know, how it's delivering that to customers. 
Yeah, so stack state is, a, is basically a, a way of bringing full visibility, full stack visibility to, to, your, you know, to, every, to every part of your stack. So um, what, that, what we mean with that is that uh, imagine kind of like a Google map of your IT environment. Um, right. So, so there's, there's, there's all kinds of interesting uh, uh, data out there. Uh, all kinds of telemetry on uh, what's happening in your stack. Uh, perhaps you have some uh, some logs going to an Elasticsearch. Uh, you uh, maybe have some monitoring products installed. You have some uh, automation going on, and all of that information is 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 not really uh, being plotted in in a single uh, uh, data model. So if you want to to ask questions about your stack, uh, you you have to go. To each and every product, like uh, which uh, Kubernetes, uh, uh, which pods do I have running in Kubernetes? Uh, what uh, what is the state of these uh, uh, containers uh, when um, uh, that that maybe another product like New Relic or App Dynamics or whatever product you have running for for monitoring? Uh, what does it have to say about that? And so right. Stack State basically takes all that information and creates a single model that then allows you to do all kinds of interesting things that we can talk about. Very cool. So t tell us, like, what's what's that interface look like? Um, and is it truly like a, vi a visual map? Um, you know, it, how is it presented uh, to kind of the operators that want to slice and dice and uh, I'm assuming get both kind of uh, monitoring, but as well as like alerting uh, of like when things are going wrong versus when things are, are going right? Yeah, sure. So there's there's basically two parts of your question because the, you know on the one hand you have alerting and on the other hand you have like the the visual dicing and slicing, and so I think they're kind of separate topics, but they're also related. So I'll kind of handle them both. Great. Um, but when you um, you know our visual interface is, is really a lot like uh, a lot a lot like Google Maps. So you can uh, pan and zoom and. And basically, we've implemented our own visualizer based on WebGL because we felt that you know you can show uh, some small parts of your stack if you if you are doing SVG or uh, Canvas or even uh, uh, just plain old HTML rendering in the browser, but you won't get really far. Like if you want to have uh, you know if you have a big stack, and and then we're kind of in the business of of bringing visibility to full stacks and, and big stacks as well. So we're having a, uh, some customers in the financial services and they have, you know, amazingly big stacks that if you want to actually visualize that, you need to have some really fast um, rendering. And so we've implemented a renderer on top of uh, WebGL that allows us to, to yeah, take a really uh, um, high level perspective, can zoom out very far and then uh, you, you get a, you get a picture of how the whole thing looks like, but you can also zoom in and, and kind of uh, you know uh, filter out all the parts that you're not interested in, or just the parts that your team works on, or uh, the part that your team works on, but all the dependent parts and, and all kinds of uh, interesting ways of, of browsing through that data. Oh wow, that's that that's, that's cool. really cool. I mean, I, I've personally had to deal with models and, you know, in IDEs like like Eclipse, for example, uh, you, you know, big models that were just, um, you know, SVG files, whatever, and they were painful to deal with. So, 
So doing something dynamic or slightly more dynamic in, in, in a browser is, is awesome. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's really great to, to go to a customer and to load their entire um, topology based on all the information that they have. And we have all kinds of integrations to make sure that we get all the information and just not one data source. And then it's really amazing. Me, I mean, I, I find it very nice to, to browse through uh, this stack, like something that I wanted as an architect uh, that's now uh, you know, possible through stack state. So uh, yeah, it's very nice. And what you get with that, like on the alerting part, is that you can immediately see when something goes wrong. Like you have, uh, you know, the red color that that typically is used for danger. We we have that as well. And so you can see not only when something goes wrong, uh, stuff will get highlighted and so on, but also what the impact of that is on on other components. So if something goes wrong uh, deep down in the stack and, and it, all of a sudden it impacts one of the components or, or maybe multiple of your components that are, that are important to you and your team, uh, then you will automatically see the stack unfold to, to show you like, hey, uh, you know, somebody tripped over a wire and that broke this and that broke that. And, and finally, now your microservice is down or is not functioning well because of uh, this and that and so on. That's very cool. So how do uh, how does Stackstate discover those kind of those interlinkings and the dependencies between services? Is that something that is part of the initial setup of your topology, or is that something that it can discover from the various tools you integrate with? Yeah. So we, I, I would say that we kind of have a unique um, approach to this because for us it's really important um, as as a like this is our vision as a company that we. We want to have everything. So, um, for example, I was talking with another financial service the other day, and they said, "Well, we're moving a part of our stack to the cloud." I mean, you know how how these guys are; they are always kind of behind, but they're they're moving some part to the cloud, uh, and they have some uh, some some monoliths here and there, and then they have some you know old school uh, web services going on, and then you get more deeper down the stack, and you go into the mainframes and the IBM stuff, and so on. Mm. And for us, it's really important that we get all of that because, you know, that's our vision that we should have a platform that can take it in all. So there are several ways of approaching that, that problem. And the way we approach it is that we, well, we first of all, uh, focus on making sure that we can handle all the different abstractions that are out there. So discovery, I mean, you, you kind of naturally said that we, uh, we, of course, we, uh, we support discovery. And we also have our own discovery agent. Um, but for us, it's kind of, um, you know, a discovery is always kind of behind the truth. Like it's, uh, you know, whatever is discovered is the thing that, you know, it, the discovery tool recognizes. Mm -hmm. And right. as soon as it recognizes it, it might send out a signal like, hey, here's a MySQL database. But, that, but the next moment, you don't know whether or not that database is still there. So you're kind of waiting to to hear again like hey there's another I, I i again saw this mysql database and 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 then your data expires from that moment and what I, what we much prefer is uh, other kinds of ways of discovering or um yeah maybe the discovery word is not the the right word but we we call it uh, a topology synchronization yeah um so for example if you have a kubernetes cluster or a mesos um these solutions, of course, they create the truth. So, 
we much rather hear from these solutions where, um, you know, what, what is out there. And so we, we have the ability to, uh, on the one hand, work with uh, discovery solutions. We have our own discovery solution as well. Mm -hmm. uh, then on the other hand, we, we integrate with uh, uh, several um, uh, automation tools, orchestration tools, uh, release and deployment tooling like uh, Kubernetes and Mesos, for example, uh, AWS. Um, and then uh, you, we also have integration for tracing, uh, because if I, I don't know if you ever heard of Zipkin, but it's, uh, it's a great open source uh, tool. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. So where does that sit in the space? Uh, so Zipkin is, um, is a tracing solution. So, uh, you know, the basic idea is that you basically pass an identifier along um, between services. Oh, yes. Okay. And yeah. So what that gives you is a trace and that trace information can also be used to extract a topology from that or a graph. And so we have integration with that as well. So we take actually information from all these different kinds of sources and bring them together in, in, in one graph. So we have all these ways of merging these graphs and so on. And then finally, you get one picture That's where cool. you do have your mainframes and your microservices and your monoliths and your web services and your cloud, uh, everything in one picture. That's cool. That's, cool. that's a really yeah. cool vision. Yeah, thanks. So um, you asked another thing on the alerting front, um, or I wanted to say something about that as well. Yeah, that, sure. That's, you know, um, another kind of vision. Um, yeah, one of our visions is that uh, well, visualization is, is really nice. It, it really helps you to, to get a, a deeper understanding of what's going on. Um, but when you talk about alerting, then you actually, you don't really want to be alerted un unless you actually have something that you should really attend to. Right. We were just talking in <laughs> one of our recent episodes about the idea of like, I, I, I'm done with getting, you know, emails for, oh, the night, the disc is 90% full. Right. Uh, yeah, because, yeah. Right. Cause <laughs> if, if I don't know how fast it's growing, it's a completely useless data point. Right. So yeah, yes. Which episode was that? Uh, that was, I want to say that it was either with Bridget or with um, with Charity. So I think it was Charity, but was it, it could have been Bridget too because yeah. oh, they they were both really lively guests. Oh, right, great. exactly. And I remember <laughs> we were talking about similar topics for both of them. So it was it was one of them, but we basically were saying something along that lines. And so yeah, so tell me tell me kind of how you're solving that problem of making sure you're only alerted on things that are actionable. Uh, yeah, well, the thing is that we we of course we create this visualization and uh, there's a big and strong tendency within some companies to, to put up these dashboards or hang uh, you know, uh, monitors on the wall with, uh, with fancy displays and so on. And we kind of discourage that actually. Um, the way we actually handle that is, is um, by alerting on a component level and then uh, these components, they are connected to each other. So you, what you basically get is like, for example, if a disk is full, uh, I mean, that might be something that's quite actionable. That, that might be something that you do want to know about. But then what typically happens is you get an alert storm. Like maybe a disk full is not a, not a great, I, well, it might be, let, let's say, for example, your disk is full 
and then it starts swapping and then stuff becomes slow and then some other alert goes off and then some other alert goes off and some other right. and you get into this alert storm and the way we handle that is that actually it's 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 super simple so i i wish that um yeah i, I really wish that other companies would follow our lead in this um, because it's 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 extremely simple we just have a dependency tree of all the components right and so if if you see that uh, a component uh, has a problem it will uh, you will get alerts from uh, components that are dependent on that and so you get automatically in your graph you will see trees uh, appearing that are all related back to the same you know bottom of the tree and we uh, we recognize that kind of pattern in our in our software. We have some you know, some uh, some abilities there, some services that that are constantly looking at at the graph and seeing what kind of trees appear, and then we follow these trees down back to their root cause and, and basically alert on that instead of all the stuff that comes after and right. higher up in the dependency tree. Yeah, because that, that's that's just useless information. It's you need to fix the root cause. So yeah. Um, so that makes sense. Very cool. Yeah. Quite simple, but very effective. We find that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the thing that isn't simple, which I think you're 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 glossing over, which is that dependency tree. I think that the, this is. Um, I, I really want to understand how you're you're you know um, you're pulling out that dependency tree. I mean, I I totally get if you're talking about you know with Kubernetes or Mesos that the, they are a source of record that has. Um, that type of information, but like, if you're calling out to, if you've got a, um, you know, a Postgres or a MySQL container that's connected to another container, sure, if the links are there, then that's kind of easy to define. Is there any solution or any way that you're solving the, like, I'm not, I'm not in a container, a containerized solution, and I've got um, maybe EC2 instances, and I'm like, I spun up my own. My SQL instance on one EC2 instance, and then I've got a Java web app that's calling it and using it from another EC2 instance. Is that something a, a dependency and a relationship that you're able to capture in in the stack state infrastructure? Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, what we what what is basically the the hard part in in getting this topology in place? So we call this a topology, like because. We, we pull everything into a, a graph database. We've, we've built our own uh, graph database actually to uh, be able to time travel on, on that graph as well. But um, maybe that's maybe that's something for later. That sounds cool. I would like to talk about that. So. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> but st but that, staying yeah. on point. Staying on point, yeah. yeah. So we pull in, in all this, um, this topological information into a graph database. And, and the hard part actually is not it's not so much getting that information, um, but it's merging that information. Mm. Um, because, for example, when you talk about EC2, uh, I mean, you, there's uh, plenty of APIs that uh, Amazon offers that can tell you all about what's what's running where and so on. Um, and then if we uh, uh, we can we can easily pull in that information and then and show you a picture of all the uh, all the virtual machines that are spun up. But then they still have nothing. Uh, they, they still don't have really interconnections, and and you wouldn't know uh, whether or not a Postgres uh, database is running somewhere or a MySQL database is running right. somewhere. So what we do is we've uh, we've actually developed an, an an open source project. It's called Connection Beat, 
um, it's uh, yeah, it's fully open source. The rest of our uh, solution, uh, um, well, our agent is open source as well, but um, yeah, the rest of our solution is not open source. I have to I have to say, full yeah, dis but full disclosure. Yeah, for for the parts that are open source, is uh, I'm assuming is that on GitHub under a uh, like a stack state uh, org. Uh, yeah, you can uh, you can have a look at Connection Beat. Yeah, that's uh, Connection that's, Beat. Yeah, that's a, that's a good. Okay, project. we'll have a link in the show notes. Um. Yeah, so Connection Beat is is one of those uh, uh, projects that we um, use as a as a as a discovery agent, and that's uh, that simply looks at uh, what processes you have running on a machine, and and then we gather some information about them, and also uh, what kind of network connections they are making, and also if they are running in Docker containers and oh, that's... information about that. Cool. So wow. from that you've now you've now discovered that this is this this instance is connecting out to that instance on port XYZ or something like that. Yeah, so Amazon might tell us uh, you know all about the hosts and we and we pull in that information and then we have connection be telling us about you know all the processes that are running on the on these virtual machines and the containers and even the contain even the processes and in, in the containers and, and then all that information about also the the network connections even between the 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 containers and then we we uh, merge all that information in stack state and we have uh, templates for uh, and you can also build your own templates for the different kinds of processes so for example uh, a postgres database uh, is something that you know uh, comes with uh, a certain kind of telemetry information that you want to pull in as well. And so we have a, a, a template that says, oh, I recognize, this is recognized uh, via uh, something that we call an ID extractor, like we pull in this raw data, says, oh, it's a process, uh, let's let's look at the data, let's see, and then it, it is classified as a Postgres database, and then we map it onto a template that then says, okay, if it, it since it is a Postgres database, then we should be able to learn this and this, and and that's how it yeah that's how you basically get all the the relevant information very quickly in that scenario. Nice, that, that's cool. That that is so cool. That that is. I was waiting for the magic, and you just explained the magic. So I'm very interested to see connection B and uh, and and the other pieces. Like this is very cool. Yeah. And and well, it's it's nice also because it 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 plays very well. Uh, like for example, the uh, you know the example that you talked about, like an Amazon, uh, some Amazon instances with some databases running on them, or some maybe some web applications. It works well for that scenario, but it it works very well for you know very very different scenarios as well. Like we have one customer, and they said that well we have you know they've kind of built their own microservice platform. We started with that. 10 years ago and they have just a big xml that that gives that that they send out to all the different services every 10 minutes and that that's full of chock full of this, all this information about topology and so we just take that information and then supplement it with some other information and, and we get a very rich picture of of how a topology looks like at their oh side. that's cool so you're actually creating custom uh ingest type processes uh for that information for for individual clients um well not really i mean uh they uh they send it to uh, the stack state api with their own uh, oh i see they, they, they are do... actually integrating with stack state well they, they send it like we have a very like the yeah 
yes and no. So this is where it gets a bit uh, technical, but maybe that's the maybe that's the interesting part. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say our audience can can handle that part of it. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so so kind of give me a little more of the details there as far as how you integrate something that's like a custom private solution into something like this. Yeah. So what we have is basically you um, you we have an endpoint where you can send all this topological information to, um, and this endpoint is extremely simple. Like you basically say, oh, this is a component and uh, it has an identifier. And the rest of it, we don't know. It's just a blob of data. So it's an ID and some data. And then you send it to stack state. And within stack state, we have a couple of processes through which the data gets, for example, classified so that we now know, okay, this is a certain type of microservice. And then we have a, a couple of functions that you can actually uh, configure in stack state where you basically only write the domain logic. So you say, well, we recognize that there's a field there. And then if you if you run a regex on that field or you basically pull that field out, then that will give you the type identifier. And then from that, you can work further because from that point on, you will, right. then you will go into a mapping phase where you say, okay, so I know that it's a kind of a payment microservice, for example. And then we uh, then we have some payment uh, templates and payment mappings that that you can uh, easily create components that that will pull in all the information of, of those uh, type of microservices. So the the API is extremely simple, and and then the the platform makes it uh, is very uh, um, open for uh, for all kinds of tweaks. Excellent. Yeah, that that's I like that the design of kind of keeping the that the abstraction of the concepts and and the as you're saying the topology right of, of that topology network and then uh you know how you interact with the api keeping like each piece uh simple to use is uh and simple to understand uh is awesome because then it sounds like you build on that so you get really rich layers of information out of it yeah and and, and we basically we've we've done it that way not because we um um you know, because we we like to make generic software, you know, like we like abstractions and so on. But because each customer we come to, we find that they, if 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 the goal of Stack State really is to to get all the topology of a customer in place, then we find that there's so many diverse situations. So mm. we need to build something that's very abstract, like very like a platform, and so uh, then you then we allow our customers to just write a little piece of domain logic that says that well, okay if it, if it looks like this then it must be that you know these kinds of uh, simple functions and right. so that that xml uh, uh, example that i just gave i mean that cost them about a day to to get really into place um, wow and, and that was so, you know with all the setup and so on so yeah that's great so it's a it's a quick turnaround time to integrate uh, you know, I'm assuming that's also because they had something that they one understood really well, and and they already had this this kind of um, uh, centralized uh, XML file for for these pieces. But that's um, that's really cool. Uh, that's that's an awesome example. It's it's very cool to hear how um, flexible Stack State is, um, and that uh, and that makes sense given your mission of. Uh, basically being a window into everybody's, uh, you know, topology. So 
Yeah, it would have been even easier if they would have just used Kubernetes, but uh, they chose <laughs> not to. <laughs> they of course. That time. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's many times I've kind of revisited legacy systems and, uh, and said, ah, if they had only used XYZ that hadn't been invented yet, uh, this would all have been much easier. Definitely, so, yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, is there anything else that you want to tell us about your, you know, what you're doing, um, you know, what you're working on, either at Stack State or, um, you know, or, or uh, elsewhere? <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, you know, I would like to tell you about our, uh, the model that we have actually because i was i was talking about topology and, and maybe it might seem a little bit like um you know stexit is this system where you can get this massive topology uh, into place and, and, and then you are able to browse through it and so on sure but we we actually uh we have something that we call the 3d model and that we we actually came up with that not not too long ago because we've kind of we're piecing the, the pieces together I and mean, we've been working with this model basically since the, the beginning of Stackstay, which is uh, early 2015. Um, but um, it's, it's falling into place now. And I'm, I'm, quite, I'm really quite happy with it. It's, it's uh, time telemetry and topology. So uh, the topology part I already told you about, but right. what, we, what we have is also we, we pull in telemetry. So for each component that, that Stackstate recognizes, uh, like for example this Postgres database, um, you can also pull in all kinds of telemetry. So this telemetry might be metrics or it might be events. Uh, basically those are the, the, the two um, um, base models for, for telemetry. So I don't know metrics like uh, it could be anything like the, an amount of transactions per second uh, handled these kinds of um, uh, metrics. Um, and events, it might be, well, for example, uh, some uh, update was run on, uh, for, on, uh, on Postgres in order to upgrade it from, from version X to Y. And so we, we put that telemetry information, uh, we plot that telemetry information on the topology. And then we have stream processors that are basically looking at what's, what's, what's interesting, like what do I want to report on? And, and, for example, uh, you know, you know the simple examples of the disk full. Uh, if it reaches a certain uh, percentage, then you want to raise an alert. Right. Uh, but we, we've kind of um, made that model a little bit more abstract. That you can basically report on anything that you you want uh, in this metric and event streams, and and then the topology basically changes. And these changes, they might reflect on your team. So you might see that, uh, OK, uh, an upgrade was done on this Postgres database. And now you know that might have some impact on you, because uh, via the dependency graph, we found that th that might actually impact your, your uh, uh, use cases. Right, right, right. And That's cool. Yeah, and, and we. Every time we change something in, in, in the graph, we actually store all those changes as well. So we've built our own graph database to be able to handle this, this, um, this 3T model of time telemetry and topology. So um, yeah, that's, that's something I wanted to, to mention because um, I have a blog post coming up on that as well that 
that um, I'm sharing this model for for the first time. But you are actually uh, getting it for the very very first time. Oh, <laughs> nice! Oh, exclusive! Yeah. It's one of our first yeah. exclusives on our podcast. You heard it here first. Yeah, uh, I'm extremely pleased with this model, and I wish that uh, that that it becomes very known. Not so much that that we have our name. Um, you know on it but that that it's i think it's a very useful model uh, yeah it it sounds like it's all the right dimensions that you know as uh, that you need to kind of be able to both see real time uh, you know what's happening but also then being able to also uh, see things over time and see historically like what's happening um and then um as things are changing like how it's affecting uh, the topology and, and the dependency graph so that's really great. I, that sounds like you're really found. You know, the foundation of Stack State is a, a really strong one. Yeah, we, we found so as well. Yeah, we've been validating this case for a while now, and it, it seems to you know, we get a really strong response from our customers that, that this is really the right model, and it's 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 real fun as well to see that. Um, yeah, we get into very diverse, uh, you know, and IT environments. But the model holds, so we've always been able to to say, well, if we've been in environments where they said that, well, this is kind of, uh, it's such a mess there, you won't be able to to make heads from tails, right? And and then we 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 go to them with the like, for example, we had this whiteboard session with one of our customers, and he said that, well, maybe you can tell us how your system looks like, and and then it ends up being a graph. And then you basically have some telemetry on top of that, and and, and and voila, you have the model again that 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 fits. So it's very nice, actually. Yeah, sounds like almost a time machine esque uh, view of your your infrastructure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that's that's a good analogy. Um, so is this uh, so? If there's a listener who wants to get started uh, with Stack State, is this something that um, you know an individual contributor at a company can pick up and start trying to integrate, uh, or is there more of an expectation that you're working, you know, at more like of a, a contract level with a, a company? Um, and talk about that, you know, what your effectively your business model is and, and how people are going to get started. Yeah, so we're in an early phase right now. So that means that we, uh, you know, when you go to our website, uh, stackstate.com, um, you will not be able to to immediately download it. Uh, I mean, we have a download button there, but of course it leads to a form and so on. So I yep. have to ap apologize for that, but that's uh, that's just the way the world yeah, works. Yeah, exactly. It's early days, right? <laughs> and so, yeah. It is, um, but um, yeah, if you if you uh, contact us, we we'll, can definitely set something up. I mean, uh, we've had just anybody can can start with this, and we uh, we have some uh, uh, yeah some starter guides as well, so we should be able to get something running very quickly actually. Oh, good. That's that's good to know. So people should reach out through your website. So cool. Well, um, uh, we're running out of time. Is there anything else that you want to tell us about uh, what you're working on at Stack State? Um, well, well, our graph database is something that, that I would like to, to yeah, if you don't more. mind, uh, I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, I'm really, uh, I mean, we've, we're, we're working on stack state, which is our primary mission, but, um, we found that we, um, we, we found this model that we, that we think that we can fit everything into and we're finding out that, yeah, that, 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 that case is being validated uh, day by day. And so in order to handle that model, we, we found we needed the graph database because, you know, um, the topology is a graph. 
Right. And, and there's a couple of solutions on the market, like Neo4j or um, was it Titan and uh, TitanDB. Yeah. So kind of what led you to invent your own? Yeah, well, we, we actually started uh, with Neo4j. It's a very nice project. And, and uh, you had like an activity and I was thinking, you know, uh, you know, the activity for, for your uh, listeners. And playing around with Neo4j is, is something really fun to do. So if you've never yeah, it's very visual. It, For yes. those who haven't haven't played around with it, it's like you you get a very visual representation of like the relationships that you might have in a traditional uh, relational database. Um, you know, you get it's it's very pretty. So <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the web console is great. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You type a, a cipher query and and you immediately get this force directed graph that uh, blows up in your face. So it looks very uh, very handsome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great wow demo for somebody who's who's new to uh, graph databases. Yeah, and I really love graphs. Like um, actually, before uh, you know going with Stack State, I didn't have much experience with with graphs, and it's it's kind of I've been kind of wondering why because. As I've been playing around with graphs uh, for the last couple of years, I just don't understand that the whole world doesn't actually run on graph databases. And it's, hmm. it's a really wonderful technology, actually. And we, for example, we found that uh, you can you can build a document store um, on top of a graph database, and you can build a graph database on top of a column store. And so these kinds of insights were very helpful for us, hmm. actually. Yeah, that, that's very. It's really interesting. I mean, I and and I almost and now that you've laid that out, I almost immediately see why. Um, but continue. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, we've kind of we've done that as well. Like our our graph database uh, basically works that way. Uh, but we've uh, we were inspired very much by the Titan project, which uh, is a. Uh, I think it's not not going strong anymore because the guys actually stopped and uh, working on it because they went uh, they went over to DataStacks and started working on another graph database there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've heard simple, something similar. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, and and they, but the Titan uh, Titan is a very interesting project actually because it's a graph database that has multiple um, persistence uh, options. Basically, it can. It has, I think, Berkeley DB, um, Cassandra, or HBase as a backend, and and that's that was interesting to us because when you look, for example, at Neo4j, uh, one of their strong uh, selling points is that yeah, Neo4j is a native graph database, and if you if you will look on the internet actually on on Stack Overflow and asking some questions around, you will find you will probably find a question of me. Asking like why, uh, why is Neo4j a, a native graph database and, and Titan not and still get uh, the same kind of uh, um, performance characteristics? I mean, that's right. a very interesting discussion. Um, but what we found is that that uh, Titan is built also on HBase and HBase actually supports uh, you know uh, time as a as a first class citizen. And so that's that's where we got our idea actually of, of implementing a, a time traveling database. We're not so much by looking at Titan, but um, um, yeah, we, we wanted a time traveling graph database because we, we for us it's very important when you look at this disk that's full, for example, and then this happens and that happens, that you're able to look also at what happened over time and that you have all that changes in, in your topology. 
Yeah, that sounds incredibly, it, it sounds so obvious when you say it, and, you know, but it's not something that I had been thinking about, but you're right. Um, so that's awesome. Um, as, as far as like your, the maturity level of the graph database you've implemented, is this something that you've open sourced yet or is this something still in development? Yeah, no, that's that's another pain actually because I'd, I'd really love to open source it, but uh, right now we're so much focused on, on Stack State that we're kind right. of worried that that it will take too much time. Of exactly, because it does. It's, you, you can't just throw it out there, right? You, right. you have to um, you know, make sure that it's ready for the masses to consume. Definitely, but I really hope to be in a podcast uh, very soon with you guys and, and talk about Stack Graph. It would be really nice. Yeah, yeah I would cool, love yeah. to hear more about that. Um, and and as you you get farther into it, because I think that from the way you've just positioned it, it's definitely got um, not just a, a niche um, part of the graph database community, but like th that could be the thing that overtakes it. You know, I think you could you have a, a contender of an idea that. Um, that could really be very powerful, especially as you integrate things like um, something like a Cypher QL or a Graph QL um, type query language. Um, I think I'd be interested to hear more about that. Sure, sure. So, um, but we are out of time today. So uh, it was awesome talking to Lodewijk. Did I get that right? Yeah, you got it right. Yeah. Okay, well done. Great, <laughs> awesome. All right, I was practicing in my head for like the past half hour. So, um, you know, <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for talking with us. Um, and uh, uh, you know, best of luck with with Stack State. Okay, thank you for listening. Yeah, bye bye. Okay.